There are two things I want to share with you real quick. Um, first off, in case you don't know, I'm an introvert. And so I'm pretty chill, relaxed, laid back. So I have this tendency to kind of talk like this sometimes and just be real mellow and everything. So another thing is, though, I love corny jokes, stupid corny jokes. So to kind of help us all relax and kind of get into this, I'm going to tell you a real quick joke, okay? Um, in light of all this rain, um, if you're needing to build an ark, I know a guy. <laughs> get it, Noah, you know, yeah, built the ark, yeah. All right, anyways, um, I dedicate to Noah Brayton. he's the man. Anyways, uh, so feel relaxed, feel good, everything's good. Um, let's pray before we dig into the word. Lord, thank you again for just your amazing blessing that you pour out on, uh, out on us each and every day. Thank you for your son and sending him to this earth and, and all the difficulties that he went through, that Mary went through, that Joseph went through, all the disciples. I pray, Lord, that in times of trouble and, and difficult circumstances that we would lean on you and trust in you and that we would find peace in you and rely on you in everything because um, you're a firm foundation and nothing can stand against you. It's your name, Lord, we pray. Amen. All right, so we're in this season of Advent, right? And it's all leading up to the moment of Christmas where we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And, and so Pastor Mike started us out last week talking about hope. Um, and then we're going to be continuing to talk through Advent, talk about love, talk about joy that he gives us, talk about the peace that God gives us all through his son. And today we're specifically going to be focusing on that peace that he gives to us. And it's very evident that God wants us to have all of these things. He wants us to have hope for the future despite all the circumstances that we face. He wants us to experience his love that he has for us. And he wants us to, to share that love with others. Uh, Jesus says we will be known as his disciples by our love for one another, right? He wants us to have joy for and then enjoy life. He said Jesus came to give life and give life to the fullest, right? And he wants us to have peace. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 reads, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So the son who God is giving to us is called the Prince of Peace. So he wants us to have this peace. He wants us to enjoy his peace and be in his presence. But there's an issue that comes up when we talk about peace. The peace that our culture tries to tell us to live by and our culture offers doesn't even compare to the peace that God gives us. But so often, I even, we buy into this, this faux peace that our culture offers. And it says that in order for us to be peaceful people, to have peaceful lives, our lives need to be comfortable and they need to be easy. We can't have any, if we have any trouble in our lives, if we face any difficulties, we're not truly peaceful people, right? We'll get into that a little bit more, but first I want to tell you a quick story, okay? Has anyone in here seen The Lion King? Yes, yes, yes. I love The Lion King. It's one of the best movies ever. If you haven't seen it, you should probably leave right now and go see it because it's amazing, okay? No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, so in The Lion King, I'm sorry if I'm going to spoil it for you, but in The Lion King, there's this, it's mainly about this lion named Simba, right? 
It starts out, Simba's just, just a cub. He's just a baby, right? And his father, Mufasa, is the king of this place called Pride Rock and all the lands around it, Pride Lands, okay? And he has, Simba has an uncle named Scar, okay? And through a series of events, Scar kind of kills Mufasa, like makes it happen for Mufasa to be killed. And then he kind of blames Simba. He's like, man, Simba, you know, this is kind of your fault. Like, you started the stampede that killed your father. You should probably leave now, you know. You need to run away because no one's going to accept you, right? So Simba, he, I mean, he trusts in his uncle. He, th- he loves his uncle. He thinks he's a good uncle. So he trusts in him, and he's like, you know what? You're right. I need to run away. So Simba runs off, and he runs through this desert area, and, he, and he's still a cub at this time, and he, start, and he passes out, right? And there's this warthog named Pumbaa and a meerkat named Timon, right? And they find Simba, and, the, and they see him pass out. It's kind of a funny scene when they see him and all that. And then, but then they nurture him back to health. They take him back to their home, and they live in this jungle area. And they teach him this philosophy of Hakuna Matata, right? And this whole idea, Hakuna Matata, means no worries. And the idea behind it is like, there's no, that you don't need to worry about life at all. There's nothing, going, there's nothing wrong going on in life. Everything's good. Hakuna Matata. Just enjoy life, right? And that's exactly what our culture tries to tell us. Hakuna Matata. Just enjoy life. There's nothing wrong going on, right? But this whole time that Simba's growing up and with Timon and Pumbaa and learning this Hakuna Matata philosophy, his uncle Scar is coercing with the hyenas, and he's gaining more and more power over the Pride Lands and over Pride Rock, right? And so <clears throat> he starts to take control of it, right? And so everything's starting to die because he's evil, right? And he's not ruling very well. He's ruling with an iron fist. And so one of the lionesses named Nala, who was actually Simba's best friend growing up, she goes out to try and find help. And so while she's searching, she finds Simba, and she confronts him. He's like, hey, what are you doing? You're like, you have, you've been alive this whole time. They thought he was dead. And he's, she says, you have responsibilities. You need to come back to Pride Rock. So to kind of give you a picture of it a little more, we're going to show a quick video clip of this confrontation between Nala and Simba. So just turn your eyes to the screens. All right, so in that scene, as you can see, she confronts him about his responsibilities, and, and she tells him, you know, you, you, can't be, you can't just leave. Like, you have responsibilities at home. He says, Hakuna Matata, no worries. We, like, we can't change what's going on in life, you know? Just, just ignore those, those problems, ignore those issues. But because of this, because he's been ignoring these issues, his, his problems have actually grown, you know? Like... Scar is just gaining more and more and more control over the pride lands and things are getting worse and worse and worse because he's been ignoring these issues. But if Simba had stayed, you know, if he had confronted his issues way earlier, it wouldn't have gotten out of hand. But because he ignored him, it just got worse and worse and worse. And that's exactly what happens with our culture. Our culture tells us, Hakuna Matata, no worries. You don't need to worry about anything. Just ignore your troubles. Or, or it tries to tell us like a quick fix. It gives us a quick fix, you know. And it says, oh, you have an issue. You're sick. Here's this pill. Take it real quick and everything's good, you know. Oh, you're not as good as you wanted to be. Or, or your marriage isn't as good. Here's a self-help book. Everything's good, you know. 
oh, life's been tough, and, and so you just sit back, relax, enjoy some TV. Oh, you're too busy, and don't worry about cooking. Have you heard about this new restaurant in town? You know? And none of those things are bad. You know? In and of themselves, those things are good. Celebrate. If you want to celebrate a special occasion, it's good to go out. You know, I love ponchos, one of my favorite places. I love Outback, too. Steaks, man, so good. And, and modern medicine, you know, it's, it's helped save tons of people's lives, and, and, and it's been great, you know? So in and, of this, in and of themselves, those things aren't bad. But so often, us and our culture just has a, has a quick fix for everything. Because, I mean, like, like I said, it thinks that in order to be peaceful, you can't have any troubles, you know? Even our language... Um, defines peace as freedom from disturbance, quiet, and tranquility. So, so many times we get caught up in this faux sense of peace, of I can't have any troubles, and, and if I don't have any troubles, therefore I'm good, and, and I'm a peaceful person. But the issue with that mentality is what happens when we face issues that we don't have a quick fix for? What do we do then? Our culture tells us to just, to just sweep it under the rug, you know. Oh, you, you uh, racial issues, you know. Wow, we don't, we don't talk about that. No, we don't talk about that, and that's why more and more people are acting out because they're tired of being quiet, you know. Oh, you're having issues with your marriage? What? No, we don't talk about that. That's why people are getting divorced because instead of facing their problems and trying to work on it, they just think it's easier and peaceful to just move on to the next one. Oh, sex? What? We don't talk about that. That's why more and more kids are looking at pornography at a younger age and, and more and more people are getting pregnant out of, out of wedlock or are having sex before marriage because they're not taught to cherish it, not taught to covet that between a husband and wife. And I'm, I don't mean to depress you. you know, I, I, don't, I don't want to harm you or anything like that, but I'm bringing everything out from under the rug. Because the peace that God gives us allows us to face those issues head on and confront them and overcome them. And then we can continue living life, right? And I know all those issues are way simpler than that. I mean, they're so complex. It's not just an easy, quick fix. There's nothing easy about it at all, all of those issues that we face. But the peace that God gives us allows us to face those, right? Amen? So we're going to be taking a look at the life of Mary. And so if you want to turn to Luke chapter 1, we'll be looking in verses 26 through 38. It all, oh, no, um, but Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. She, I believe, truly had a peace that only God gives. So we're going to look at her life and kind of dig into that. So verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. 
The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. (laughs) That is crazy. Like, to me, when I look at that passage, it's absolutely mind-blowing, okay? And here's why. I mean, in our day and age, we often kind of just think, oh, God doesn't really speak to us through angels anymore. He doesn't send angels to us anymore. And we just kind of accept that, right? Well, it's been 400 years since God has spoken to anybody in any way, shape, or form. Not just, it's, it hasn't been 400 years just that he hasn't sent an angel. Like, he hasn't spoken to anybody in over 400 years, generations. So a lot of them were probably thinking the exact same thing that we think, oh, like, God just doesn't speak that way anymore, you know? And we oftentimes just think, oh, in the Old Testament, you know, it's, it's normal for an angel to show up and talk to people. But it's been 400 years since God has spoken to anybody, right? So to me, it's just absolutely mind-blowing. And then, bam, out of nowhere, an angel shows up to Mary, who, guess what? She's only 13 at this time. Only 13. And she shows up to Mary and says, hey, guess what? You're going to be pregnant. He's going to be the son of God, and you're going to name him Jesus. To me, I would have been like, what? Pregnant? First of all, I'm a guy, so that doesn't happen, you know? Second of all, I'm still a virgin, which Mary says as well, so there's no way that I or anyone else is going to be pregnant, right? Like, I would have been thinking, what, what kind of pizza did I have last night to have this hallucination, you know? Like, there's no, I, I honestly would not have accepted it as easily as Mary did. But she says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And that's why I know that Mary has a peace that only comes from God. Only comes from God. A peace that Philippians 4 says surpasses all understanding, transcends all understanding. Because guess what? Mary knew the law. She knew that if she was pregnant before she was ever married, that they could stone her to death. And her family would have just had to accept it. You know, her fam- some of her family may have even participated in it. Like, that was the law. They were rightfully able to do that and be okay with it, and everyone would have been okay with it. And she knew that, but she responds with, I'm the Lord's servant, may what you say be done. That's absolutely mind-blowing to me. But the reason why I know that Mary has the peace that comes from God is because in, in Hebrew, peace is actually translated as shalom, which means to be complete or whole, to be sound, or to live well. So it's not just this idea of, oh, peace and tranquility, you know, there's no disturbances. It's more, it's way more than that. It's that this idea of being made whole, being complete, and living well. So I know that Mary had this peace because she knew that this is what God had planned for her. She knew that she was going to be the, the son of Jesus. She accepted it 100%. She knew that when the angel Gabriel showed up and told her all these things, at first she was troubled, it says so, 
But when he told her how it's going to happen and all this, she's like, you're right. You know, I'm going to accept that 100%. And it's not like she didn't face difficulties. <laughs> I mean, she pregnant had to travel to Bethlehem because she was engaged to be married to Joseph, who was a descendant of David, right? So pregnant, going up mountains both ways, you know, on a donkey, some of it, but probably not all of it because a donkey wouldn't be able to travel that far. She probably walked some of it. Pregnant, you know? Oh, also, when, when Jesus was two, she had to flee to Egypt, right? Because King Herod, he wanted to get rid of this new king of the Jews, and so he just killed all babies under the age of two which is crazy, right? So she had to flee to Egypt. And then also, she had to come back. Also, she saw her son die, who she raised and nurtured, a brutal death on the cross. She was there. And it's, it's, it's speculated that Joseph, at the time of Jesus' death, has already passed. Because when, when Jesus is on the cross, he turns to uh, the disciple John and says, this is your mother, mother, this is your son, meaning that she, he needed to take care of her because Joseph was probably dead, so he, she needed someone to take care of her. So she faced difficulty, right? And it's crazy to think that some of those difficulties were necessary for her to be made whole for her to fulfill her, her role as the, son of, or the mother of Jesus. Some of those were necessary. She had to go through the pains of childbirth for that to happen, right? And so it's crazy to think, but some of the troubles that we face in life are necessary for us to have peace. And that's why the peace that God gives us surpasses all understanding because to our culture, that doesn't make sense. You know, our culture says you're not peaceful if you have troubles. You don't have peace if you're facing difficulties, right? But the peace that God gives us allows us to look at those and continue on and keep pushing through. Now, some people might argue, well, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and so it makes sense that that's shalom, but the New Testament was written in Greek, right? I'm probably going to butcher this, but the word for, and for peace in Greek is irene or irene or something like that, which is it's honestly similar to the, the word for shalom, uh, and it's very similar, and it actually kind of takes it a little bit further to say a calmness of mind, right? So not only can I face the difficulties that I have in life, because guess what? Newsflash, we're human, we have difficulties, right? Not only can I face them, but I also don't have to worry about them. And it's not the sense of hakuna matata, you know, no worries, like just ignore all your problems. It's not that kind of sense. It's, it's more just a trust in God, right? Because I trust in a God that, that is greater than all the troubles that I may face. I trust in a God that is all-powerful, amen? John 16.33, Jesus says, He's talking to his disciples at this time. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So that's the peace that we can have in, in God, right? Right? And that peace is so worth it. A peace that allows me to face my troubles head on and not even worry about them. Because 
Jesus has overcome the world, the world, everything within it. That means all of the troubles that you face, all the troubles that I face. So my question for you is this. What kind of peace do you want in your life? Do you want the the faux, false interpretation of peace that the culture offers and just ignore all your problems or sweep them under the rug? Do you want that? Or do you want a peace that God offers that honestly makes life better? Because I don't have to worry about those things because when we sweep it under the rug, it's always in the back of my mind. When I sweep things under the rug and just ignore them, it's always in the back of my mind. Like, man, I'm just kind of waiting for that to jump out, you know. But the peace that God gives allows me to face those, push through them head on, and not worry about it because I trust in a God that will overcome. But in order to, in order to receive that, We need to pursue God 100%. 100% each and every day. Because there are times that I I, I lose sight of that peace that God gives, right? I lose sight of his glory and his power, right? And then I start worrying about all the things that are happening and start thinking like, man, what's my future going to look like? Like, am I ever going to be married? I don't know. You know, like that's honestly what I think sometimes. Or am I, how long am I going to be here? I want to be here forever because I love this, but I don't know what the future holds, you know? But if I trust in God, I don't need to worry about those things. Because his peace allows me to have a calmness of mind. His peace makes me whole. It completes me. So I want you to have that peace as well. I want all of us to have that peace, right? But you have to make that choice. I have to make that choice every day. You have to make that choice as well. Every single day to pursue God 100%. And it's not always easy. I mean, honestly, when, when we pursue God 100%, sometimes in and of itself, that creates trouble. You know, when we receive persecution from people who don't understand Christianity. If I wasn't a Christian, I wouldn't receive that persecution. But it doesn't matter because Jesus overcame the world, so he overcame that persecution as well, right? And when we all choose to live this way, we just build one another up, right? We just continue to, to pour into one another, to encourage one another, to, to love one another well because we're being made whole and being made complete, right? And it just makes everything better. And his church, the bride, all of us can be made complete, but each and every one of us have to, has to make that choice each and every day to pursue him 100%. And then we can have that peace that transcends all understanding. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you uh, for the rain. We thank you for providing for us each and every day. And, and uh, we also thank you for your peace that you give to us. I pray that each and every one of us would pursue you 100% and that when we lose sight of your peace and of your power and of your strength, that someone else would come along and encourage us and remind us of that. Because that's better than anything that the world offers. You are better than anything that the world offers, Lord. 
So I pray, pray for each and every one of us in here um, that you would continue to remind us of your peace and that you would fill us up with your spirit. And as we leave this place that um, we wouldn't forget what we hear. We wouldn't be like a man looking in the mirror and turn around and forget what we look like, but instead recall what you have spoken to us today, each and every one of us individually, and pursue that from here on out. To precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Uh, thank you for being here. Uh, hope to see you next week. Go in peace.